Hey, Ken. How you doing, buddy? Good, pal. Great to see you. So good to see you. Uh, I just want to start off by mentioning, man, I, 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 I saw your um, Integral European Conference uh, keynote this week. I was actually there uh, running tech for you for to do it. And what a, what a fantastic presentation that was. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was, that that was, was really good. great. Yeah, and it had a lot of themes. Yeah, you know, you and I talked about it afterwards. I had, you had a lot of themes in that piece that relate to both not only what we're going to be talking about today, right. but also a conversation I recently had with Mark Fischler about uh, the many various kinds of problems and challenges that we see in education um, and what more integral approaches to education might look like. And in your speech, you were even talking about, you know, here are some strategies for integral to begin actually sort of infiltrating <laughs> education, just like we saw the, the postmodernists do 50, 60 years ago. Now right. it's time for a new vanguard. And I loved your encouragement for people to just like, you know, find a place where you can kind of insert yourself into these academic institutions and make them just that much more integral. Um, really, really wonderful messaging there. And, and again, a lot of it relates to what we're talking about today, because another thing that you discussed in that presentation were these many, many different kinds of wholeness right. that human beings can pursue. And in fact, you just finished a new book about this, which we'll talk right. about uh, in a little bit. But that's basically what we're here today to talk about is um, wholeness. Right. Now, sort of the frame that we're using to talk about wholeness is actually the, the concept of holons. And let me just pull up my notes here. Uh, and holons obviously are one of the, I think, central components of integral theory upon which so much is built off of. So, you know, it's holons that have four quadrants. It's holons that move through these stages of development. We can talk about different types of holons. The 20 tenets, for example, refers to the behaviors um, that all holons have in common. So this, this idea of holons, this idea of, of you know, holes that are simultaneously part of other holes is fundamental uh, in so right. many ways to uh, the kinds of conversations that we have in places like this. Right. Um, so I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna start reading this question and then we can slip into it. Okay. Uh, so this idea of holons, the idea that the universe is fundamentally made of whole parts within whole parts right. within whole parts, right. turtles all the way up, turtles all the way down. Right. This isn't just important in a theoretical or philosophical sense. Uh, understanding holons also helps us make better sense of the world that we live in and right. our inner worlds as well. It's immediately relevant to any number of culture war issues that we see these days from right. abortion to immigration to vaccination to the various rights and responsibilities that we have as national and global citizens. Right. Uh, and it's an idea that helps us recognize the many different kinds of wholeness that we see in the universe and that we can pursue in our own lives, in our right. interiors, in our exteriors, personally and collectively. Right. Um, I think this helps really guide uh, our own growing up, waking up and cleaning up process. And as I think you'll talk about today, there's actually different kinds of wholeness associated with each of those paths. Right. Um, one of the most important points I think is that all of these different kinds of wholeness can be found within every whole on in existence. It's a seamless integration of part and whole of interiors and exteriors, agency and communion, differentiation and integration, uh, we can talk about upward drives, eros, and downward drives, agape, individual and collective, and so on. 
holons represent a sort of meta wholeness that right. pulls together and situates all of these other wholeness related polarities, really, right. while also showing us how we can enact these different kinds of wholeness in our lives. Right. And the timing, again, of this talk is, I think, perfect because you've recently submitted your latest book to Shambhala, which I think right. is called Making Room for Everything. Is that right? Yeah. And which I understand is, is working directly with these different kinds of wholeness and the different ways that we can pursue wholeness in our first person experience right. and our second person relationships and really in our third person work and surrounding environments. So I'm hoping before we get into the rest of this question, Ken, maybe you can talk a little bit about this new book and uh, we can then weave that into sort of the overall summary of holons, wholeness and all of these damn turtles that we're surrounded by. Sure. Well, let me just start by giving simple examples of holons themselves, right. just so people will get the idea of what's involved. So a holon is a whole that becomes part of a larger whole. And then that whole tends to become part of a, another whole, and so on. So you have whole quarks become part of subatomic particles. They're parts of neutrons, protons, electrons, and so on. And then subatomic particles, whole subatomic particles become parts of whole atoms. And then whole atoms become parts of whole molecules and whole molecules come together to form whole cells, single cells, organisms to begin with. And then those organisms come together to produce multicellular organisms. And then within those, certain systems then tend to start forming like a muscular system or a photosynthetic system or a neuronal system or a digestive system. And those whole systems become parts of whole organisms. And those whole organisms become larger and larger and more complex and more complex as we go up the tree of life. And it, so it ends up with human beings that contain, the first human body contains quarks, subatomic particles, atoms, molecules, single cells, multicellular components, systems, and those systems all come together, including neuronal systems to form the brain. And that's a whole series of holons. Mm -hmm. And those holons are absolutely crucial to sort of everything in the cosmos. Um, whether it's artifacts or holes or social holons. So even in artifacts, a single whole letter becomes part of a single whole word. 
right. which becomes part of a single whole sentence, which becomes part of a single whole paragraph, which can become part of a single whole book. So that's the whole string of holons. And the thing is, there's nothing in the universe that isn't some string of holons. Right. And that's what's so important about it. And so wherever we find a wholeness, a genuine wholeness, there's some sort of holons, subholons that make up that wholeness. And in the book that I just completed called Making Room for Everything, I go over about five different types of wholeness. And each of them are, contain some sort of holons mm -hmm. and they're brought together into this holistic entity that is, uh, call it a super holon, call it whatever <laughs> you want. But these five different types are waking up, growing up, opening up, cleaning up, and showing up. And each of them produces a greater sense of wholeness. Mm -hmm. So one of the larger senses of wholeness is waking up. And people know about waking up. A lot of them have heard about it because it refers to enlightenment, um, awakening, the Buddhist doctrines of Satori. And in Christianity, it's, your, it's often called Christ consciousness because you become one with Christ. And that produces a very large wholeness. And waking up is very important for spiritual realization because waking up is essentially the goal of spiritual realization. Mm -hmm. It's what happens when you have this ultimate wholeness, which is a oneness with absolutely everything. And so later on we talk about well is the universe a wholeness and if so is it is is this interior god so we'll come back to that yeah that'll be a fun that. one yeah um but that's waking up and that's a very important wholeness but strangely it's not a complete wholeness because we can look at the next type of wholeness called growing up and growing up is a series of holons that start with simple images and then move to symbols and then move to concepts and then those move to rules and those move to meta rules or reason and so on. Mm -hmm. So we have a series of cognitive holes that 
get more expansive and come together to form larger holes. Um, so growing up produces different worldviews. So, and these worldviews are given a lot of different names because there are a lot of different multiple intelligences right. that grow through this process of growing up. So um, we want to keep that in mind. Um, well, talking about those multiple intelligences that grow up through these cognitive stages of development, uh, it used to be common to think that human beings had one basic intelligence, mm -hmm. and that was cognitive intelligence, and it was measured by the all-important IQ process. But we now tend to think of intelligence as existing in multiple forms, and we have up to about a dozen of those multiple intelligences. So we have cognitive intelligence, emotional intelligence, moral intelligence, aesthetic intelligence, spatial intelligence, and so on. And those also each have subholons that gather together to form larger holons. And they expand and they also can come together because we can use all of our multiple intelligences and the more we use the bigger our awareness becomes mm -hmm. so that's opening up and can i just say opening Real, real briefly, Ken, opening up is such a, a powerful concept because, you know, for example, when I was talking to Mark uh, about education systems, that was one of the things that we talked about is all the different kinds of intelligence that we want to see education systems meeting and supporting for kids. And as of right, right. now, I mean, really, they, you know, maybe three or four of them, right? But there's a lot of other intelligences that we would want to throw on the table, in which case we would say we want our education systems to open up to these right. multiple other kinds of intelligence that are already coming online in our kids anyway. We just right. have to find them the right kinds of, of sort of ways to support those intelligences as right. they emerge. That would be opening up the education system. That's right. And so opening up is a very important part of wholeness mm -hmm. um cleaning up is generally associated with the names of sigmund freud and his inner circle which mm -hmm. were all geniuses uh carl jung otto rank alfred adler these were all absolutely brilliant individuals and what they discovered is that the mind 
can split off and repress certain aspects of itself. And so what that leaves you with is, is, is not a full and healthy ego mind, but a small persona. And the element that's projected is generally called the shadow. Mm. So a lot of people know Freud because of the terms ego and it. Mm -hmm. That's where they've heard of them. But what most people don't know is that Freud himself never once used either of those terms. Right. He never used ego and he never used it. What he used were the actual German pronouns, the I for the ego and the it for the id. And James Strachey, Freud's official translator, changed those to Latin words, ego and id from I and it, because he thought it made Freud sound more scientific because mm -hmm. it was more Latin. And so that would make him sound super duper scientific and smart <laughs> and all very, that. Very sophisticated. But so Freud would never say the id can cause the ego lots of problems. He would actually say the it can cause the I right. much problems. Mm -hmm. So his most famous quote was when he was asked, what does your new psychoanalysis do? The way it's translated, Freud said, where it was, their ego shall become. But what Freud really said was, where it was, their I shall become. Now, what he meant by that was, when you repress and seal out certain elements of your mind to produce a small persona, the repressed material is often projected onto other people or other things. Mm -hmm. So if I have like a lot of lust and I repress that lust, then I don't have any lust. After all, I've repressed all of mine, but I'll project it onto maybe my neighbor. And then my neighbor is always trying, I think in my mind, is always trying to hit on me or wants to always have sex with me. And that's not really true at all. So Sometimes, maybe. <laughs> it's sometimes, but not when it's just a result of projection. Right. Um, and so when these aspects of the mind, which are first person, I, me, mine, second person, you, or you all, third person, he, she, they, them. Third person is, first person is the person speaking. That's I, me, mine. Mm -hmm. 
Second person is the person's being spoken to. So that's you or plural. We don't really have many good plural terms for second person. So Northerners will say, you guys, and Southerners will say, you all. And that's the plural of second person. So if I'm talking to you all, I'm talking to a bunch of second person people. And third person is the person or thing being spoken about. Mm -hmm. So that's he, she, they, them. But when it comes to a thing, and most third persons are things, they're like this computer or this desk or this chair. The terms are it singular and it's plural. Mm -hmm. So when Freud would talk about projecting some aspect of the mind, he would often talk about it in third person things. So he would call it an it. Mm -hmm. And that's where the it came from. Mm -hmm. So when he said where it was, where it was, their ego shall be, what he really said is where it was, their I shall become. And what that means is that if the it is my projected lust, then I have to take that lust back and reintegrate it with myself. And when I do that, my mind, so to speak, becomes whole and healthy. So it, it's a type of wholeness that is being created when we involve in the process of cleaning up. Right. And cleaning up means just that. It's cleaning up your broken and fragmented and projected elements to right. make a wholeness. Right. And that whole mind is made of the split off portions of the mind that were projected. And those are holons, mental mm -hmm. holons. And when they come back and join the whole mind, then you get a increase in wholeness. Yep. And so cleaning up is a very important process. And almost all of us have some sort of projections. Oh, God, yeah. Um, we all are projecting uh, some anger or jealousy or lust or aggression. And whenever we project that onto other people or things, then they, those energies seem to still be coming at us from the people we projected them onto. And they always seem to be coming towards us because they, in fact, belong to us. They're ours. And so they're always directed towards us. And we get kind of freaked out about this person who hates me or this person that um, 
is jealous of me or envious or any of the emotions that we have, we can project mm -hmm. onto other people or things. Including positive things. I mean, we can talk about golden shadows where I project my own divinity onto you, for example, or yes. um, any number. So it's, it can be negative, quote unquote, yeah. characteristics, and it can be positive characteristics. Yeah. And what I notice, Ken, is the difference between a phrase like where it is their ego shall become versus where it is their I shall become. The latter is so much more psychoactive. As soon as I hear it, I can feel my gears turning. And right. I can, I can inhabit this I, right? I right. can, I can perceive this it. And so it, it automatically sort of gets me moving in the direction of integration. Whereas right. when you're using terms like ego and id, these are third person constructs. So it just kind of feels yeah. like you're, you're moving objects around on, on a chessboard or something. Yeah. And I believe it was a huge mistake because if you read Freud in his original form, where he talks about the I and the it, you get an immediate feel right. for what he's talking about. He can say things like you can look into the mind and see areas of the I that are very clear and very conscious. Mm. But then there are other dark things, the it, that you are barely aware of as your own. And you need to take that it back and rejoin it with the I. And when you read him that way, he's a really brilliant phenomenologist. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and, and you really get a sense about what he's talking about. But when it's the libido or the id or the ego or any of those, you don't. It, it's a very complex theoretical construct and not really that easy to understand. Right are certainly not easy to use so anyway that's cleaning up and a little side story about um Freud. yep um and then we have what we call showing up and showing up is all four quadrants of all holons and these quadrants do represent first person, second person, third person, singular, and third person, plural. Mm -hmm. So they have each of these four quadrants, and we sometimes just draw them as a square with four boxes in them and those represent the quadrants the upper left quadrant is first person or i me mine the lower left quadrant is second person or you and thou and when a you and an i are joined together it forms a we so the, the lower left quadrant is also called a we which is culture and then the upper right, the two external quadrants, the, uh, the right-hand quadrants, those represent the exterior of uh, holons. 
and they're basically just made of material form energy and matter and the form that that takes and so in the upper right quadrant if you draw a line of holons you have things like quarks subatomic particles atoms molecules cells multicellular organisms and then the organisms in their material form mm -hmm. that go on up the tree of life and culminate in human beings and so on and the living parts of those holons those right in are the left hand quadrants they're the ones that have feelings and consciousness and awareness and those types of things but those four quadrants are really crucial and they're especially important because they are the source of what are taken to be really truly difficult western philosophical problems like brain and mind mind is the interior and brain is the exterior right so they don't even look like each other i mean the upper right brain looks like a crumpled grapefruit <laughs> but your upper left mind doesn't look like a grapefruit at all i mean it's just full of images and concepts and expanses and all sorts of different things but that no place where you see a crumpled grapefruit so it's important that we include all four of these quadrants mm -hmm. the lower right quadrant is the well the upper right quadrants are individual so there's the individual mind and individual feelings and individual thoughts in the upper left and in the upper right, there's individual objects like atoms, molecules, cells, and so on. And the lower quadrants are plural. So when you add one eye with another eye, which would be a you, you get a we, and that's a, a I plural, which is culture, the lower mm -hmm. left. And if you take the upper right, which has individual, a single atom, a single molecule, a single cell, a single brain, and you add them together, you get the lower right quadrant, which includes artifacts and, um, well, cities, for example, are collectives of individual um beings mm -hmm. and so those are called social holons and social holons can do a lot of things that individual holons can't so you mentioned this when you talk about the sun being able to produce a that's lot an, that's another fun things. one we'll get to <laughs> yeah, an individual holon can't but look at detroit detroit can produce automobiles mm. which not very many individuals 
can do. Right. And Manhattan produces books and art and all sorts of stuff, which most individuals can't themselves do. So social holons can do a lot of things. And even though they're a collective of individuals. So we have individuals in the upper two quadrants and we have collectives on the lower two quadrants. We have interiors on the left-hand quadrants and exteriors on the right-hand quadrants. And what's important to realize is that all four of those quadrants are present in every holon, right. and we need to include all four of them together. Right. In other words, if we're going to lead a complete life, we need to show up for all four quadrants. And that's not just in solving philosophical problems like the mind-brain problem, which is easily solved because one is the upper left and one is the upper right. Mm -hmm. And um, there are a whole lot of other philosophical problems that are solved by the four quadrants. Because if every holon has these four quadrants, then every holon has some form of brain and some form of mind. Yep. Now, those are very, very primitive in early or lower quadrants so mind or con we'll talk about this when we talk about panpsychism and emergentism mm -hmm. as well but the very lowest form of mind is what whitehead called prehension and so that's why i don't like panpsychism as a name because the psyche is generally thought to be fairly complex. I mean, at the very least, it can produce images, symbols, and concepts. And then at higher levels of the psyche produces concrete operational thinking or rules and formal operational thinking or actual thought processes. And that's a bit much to imagine existing in an electron. But prehension isn't, because prehension just means the simplest touching or feeling that you can imagine. And you can imagine an electron having this very simple capacity for prehension. Mm -hmm. And so they do. And um, so that's why it's important to show up for all four quadrants, whether you're doing philosophy or just in your everyday life, just like showing up for all the parts of the other five types of wholeness, showing up for infinite and finite becoming united in waking up and all the stages of development consisting of holons that become greater and greater um, opening up 
including all the different types of multiple intelligences that we have, cleaning up, bringing back together the whole mind and stop repressing and sealing off and splitting off fragments of it and showing up, including the inside and the outside and the individual and the collective and all the other parts that go with a whole lot, including agency and communion and eros and agape. All of these are present in all whole lots. Right. And so those are five different types of wholeness, all made of holons that um, are important. Fantastic. That is, yeah, fantastic overview, Ken. Thank you. Um, and that sets us up perfectly for all of the questions uh, that follow. Um, I think you got sort of all the main ingredients uh, onto the onto the table. So now we can now we can start cooking. Okay. Um,